0: Welcome, one and all, to your She-Hulk podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me is my co-counsel, Pete. Hello, Pete.
1: Previously on This Guy, the She-Hulk podcast by Fantastic Geek for She-Hulk Attorney at Law, Episode 7, The Retreat. It's brought to you by Abo Maste because today is today.
0: Pete, as we continue these Golden Cup days—that's right, the three podcasts a weekend—I could do this all day, just maybe not for many months. But I digress. Can be talking and/or episode four tomorrow as we podcast that, and looking forward as it slowly starts to expand its presence in uh, the Star Wars universe, if I may use that as a proper noun.
1: It's crazy to think we are a third of the way through andor four out of 12 already uh, building 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 with this recent episode can't wait to dive on in. Matt we will discuss Star Trek lower decks episode 306 already on Sunday
0: yes i look forward to continuing my heartfelt but weird position that like yay and or don't connect to the larger story no fan service keep it real and then the next day going lower decks went to deep space nine hi it was a voice cameo of this and that, and it's just amazing hooray fan service pete i look forward this weekend to exploring why i feel that way kind of like it'll be our own therapy circle on saturday and particularly sunday
1: Back to Marvel and the MCU proper, Matt. We brought our listeners a Deadpool 3 uh, chimichanga and then a couple more on Patreon.
0: Yes, Uh, everybody got the first chimichanga there on the Pop Culture Podcast feed. Patrons on patreon.com slash fantasticgeek. Got two more Deadpool chimichangas. Chimichangas here being a metaphor for theories analyzing how in the world Deadpool is going to uh, have... I'll just say that character that's been widely announced, but maybe I won't spoil it here just in case people are a little bit behind, uh, how they're going to have that music man join Deadpool
1: 3. So if you're interested in that, get yourself over to patreon.com slash Give that a listen and all the other exclusives we have available for you there. Matt, meanwhile, Ms. Marvel, that delightful show we podcast back in may and june okay uh cast members from that show uh will receive an ensemble award from uh for television at the critics choice inaugural celebration for uh asian pacific cinema and television uh on november 4th
0: fantastic certainly well deserved there and uh i don't know i I see a connection between the kind of effervescent fun of ms marvel and the effervescent fun of she-hulk and i hope we get more of that you know kind of just slightly aspirational stories uh in these series pete i can't wait to hear what the next aspirational marvel series is going to be
1: well it's not going to be armor wars
0: um Why is that, Pete? Uh, Don Cheadle was on stage at D23 only last month talking about the Armor Wars series. What do you mean it's not going to be aspirational?
1: Yeah, the series that was supposed to come out of Secret Wars that is now pivoted to a movie.
0: I don't know what the core Armor Wars MCU story is, but I've always wondered, like, you know, and I don't know all these characters that there are shows and movies about. I don't know all of them equally, but to sit and go Loki through time, I go okay, cool. Uh, Iron Heart fr- coming from humble beginnings to to be inspired by Tony Stark, okay, cool. Um, she Hulk, she's a lawyer and a Hulk. Oh wow, Armor Wars, the guy that you know, the Rhodey, he's got a suit and now he's fighting people with a with bad suits. My response has always been. Yeah, I saw that in Iron Man 1 um, and then Iron Man 2. <laughs> so I, I'm almost glad that it's going to be a movie because I don't need, like, Armor Wars Episode 3. Oh, man, who stole the power reactor? Like, again, maybe there's a great concept there, but from this far out, I don't get why it's a good idea for a series. So, yeah, make it a movie, man. Uh, it's,
1: you go from you know, six episodes down to two hours. We'll see how it plays Matt. Meanwhile, werewolf by night, which had, which had snuck up on us all along hits next Friday, October 7th.
0: Pete, you put that on our little uh, list of things to talk about here. And I was like, no, Pete, when, when is it really? Cause it's not a week from right now. <laughs> no, it is. Um, so Okay, Pete, it kind of snuck up.
1: I've already
0: seen it. There you go. It kind of snuck up behind me a little bit. So, okay, no problem, Pete. It comes out next Friday. We'll just podcast it next Friday. Actually, no, that's when we do She-Hulk. So we'll do it on Saturday. No, that's Star Wars Saturdays. We'll do it on – Sun. that's Star Trek Sunday. Pete, you know what? On Monday, October 10th, that's when we're going to talk about Werewolf by Night, give people plenty of time to watch it, share their theories. Absolutely.
1: Uh, That'll be fun. Yes. Uh, But settled into She-Hulk Friday, let's talk She-Hulk. Water in the court. One more outburst and I'll hold you in contempt. An overhead shot in the bathroom features a phone on a sink as the shower shuts off when a message from Josh tells Jennifer Walters he can't wait to see her. She puts on some music and gets ready, smiling as she prepares for a date by taking a shot and spiffing up her place. He texts that he's there, picking her up in a convertible. As he drops her off, they do the awkward shake hug at GLK and H. As She-Hulk attends a meeting... She views his text about an idea for a food truck with fries dipped in milkshake. Is she in? She responds in emojis under the table, smiling again. They go on a date to a market. Josh drops her off. He gets close, but Jen enters her apartment alone. She goes back out, but he's already gone. As she brushes her teeth, he texts her about plans for Thursday. They watch a movie at a drive-in sitting atop his convertible. They drive home, and she pulls him in.
0: Pete, I look at the naivete in my notes that I took the first time I watched this episode. It is at this point I said, please don't let Josh be a scroll, Pete, it's worse, as we know. We get towards the end here. Uh, but in the present Time of this narration here of course um he's stepped inside um some time has passed for jen is in a bed for two though josh is not there we can see pete uh, a very rare occurrence here in a disney property uh the back of her back is in the nude pete not since splash has there been (laughs) such nudity and by the way if you watch splash now they've digitally extended the hair so now there's a lot less Heine, because naked backs and heinies are, are, are you know. Can you imagine if we all had them, Pete? Um, but she, that is Jen, texts Josh saying that was fun. I can't stop smiling. Later, another text. There still is no response. That's when there's the the sinking feeling, I think, for all of us after this just really upbeat and fun beginning to the didn't episode. She
1: send that second text there.
0: She uh, thinks better of it. She deletes it. At work, Nikki says that Jen has been nominated for Female Lawyer of the Year. Uh, however, Jen is not listening because Jen's cruising on her phone. Does this, that mean
1: they get to go to a gala in one of the final two episodes? Um,
0: it might be if it's not too expensive. I will point out the CG rendering in this episode. This scene is is pretty good. Something I want to return to later when we're at the therapy circle. Um, but Peter could be uh, wait. A lawyer gala? Huh. Um, we'll just keep that filed away for later. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Nikki tells Jen to just kind of ride out this this post, we will say, for the House of Mouse, Pete, the post-sleepover time here. Uh, maybe he's busy. There's a whole list of excuses here. Um, all of us, Pete, we, the audience, can feel that it rings a little a little hollow. Uh, suddenly it's Saturday, and Jen is watching... Her phone like a hawk eye. That's my (laughs) joke, not the thing. But Pete, she does watch a Muppets movie, which is. The Great
1: Muppet Caper, also available on your Disney Plus.
0: What? That's amazing. The things that you can get on Disney Plus, particularly this November when a lot of people's annual thing is running out soon, and get ready for that. And yay, rate hikes. Maybe we can make She Hulk be more photorealistic in season two. Uh, But. Did the phone just beep, Pete? No. I mean, yes, but it's not Josh. Pete, take us to Sunday.
1: Jen wakes as her phone rings. She answers, but it's Chuck Donnellan, Emil Blonsky's parole officer. They got a malfunction alert on Blonsky's inhibitor. They don't know if he turned into the abomination, uh, so he has to head up to his ranch. Jen says she'll check in with Blonsky, but Chuck says that's why he called. They don't have the resources for a squad of cops to go with him. So he was hoping she'd meet him there. He figures his chances of staying out of the ICU would be greater if he had a Hulk with him. A check of her messages confirms he's not interrupting her weekend plans.
0: He sure does stink that the MCU no longer has a Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division to help out with such things. Sigh, RIP Shield. Uh, we cut to Jen driving and checking her phone. I want to say, in all seriousness, don't do that. Don't yeah. do that in the real world.
1: Don't also, do that. I mean, you can listen to Oom in an interlude there, but uh, I'd probably caution you not to do that either.
0: <laughs> uh, I would also like to say, within the world of the MCU... Especially don't do that. Haven't any of you seen, like, Jen? Haven't you seen Doctor Strange 1? Pete, it's the movie that was so shocking to my daughter whenever we first saw it uh, that she, like, immediately turned it off and was crying because there was the notion, like, oh, man, you can get hurt this way in the real world. So, Jen, be careful for Thanos' sake, please. Um, (laughs) Bottom line being Jen and Chuck Donnellan. I mean, what a name, Pete. What a name. They both arrive at the Summer's Twilight... um, gate side by side okay chuck is having a little character moment where he's i guess hacking into the gate or breaking into the gate or something but he opens the gate she honks her horn. just
1: putting in the number
0: yes there seems to be a little struggling or something i don't know but bottom line is they're on the summer's twilight property proper uh and she honks her horn come on out come on out he says no that might infuriate the big uh green lizard won't you put
1: on your green suit to
0: protect us,
1: uh, which is a fun line. Yes, uh, get green, Jolly Green herself. He doesn't know what she calls it. She-Hulk watches as Chuck checks Blonsky's inhibitor from the cramp for her space of an indoor porch. It's definitely malfunctioning. Blonsky did get a jolt from an electronic fence earlier when his favorite chicken, Princess silk feather, was stuck. Chuck recalibrates the inhibitor and advises him to stay away from the electric fence so he won't have to make any more scary trips up there. And Chuck speeds off. Jen checks her phone again. She's already wasted half her Sunday and goes to get in the car when a man is thrown into it and another with horns leaps at him, picks him up and slams him on the hood. The man with the horns revs his feet before charging, but Jen grabs him suddenly in Hulk form and tosses him before shrinking down this time on camera.
0: let's just follow the bouncing story ball here okay uh the the quote unquote emergency of the inhibitor getting chuck and jen there quickly and then chuck's scared so he leaves quickly because he's a minor supporting character and then this car business keeping jen there see how these things are making the story possible uh we of course have been introduced to manbull and el aguila uh, the latter of which is a swashbuckler the former of which i mean look if you haven't seen the episode the name manbull it covers it just fine um (laughs) their conflict is one of unnecessary backstory Uh, But Jen, of course, can't drive home in a smashed Prius Prime. I guess this episode's sponsor is Prius Prime.
1: Uh, Not my sponsor here. And she wants them, Manbull, to apologize to Prius Prime with money. Uh, But he will because Brother Blonsky has taught him a lot about taking responsibility for his anger. Um, He, of course, introduces himself by name, Bull, a weird lab experiment that she shouldn't ask about. Uh, El Aguila, the eagle mat in Igles. Don't assume he's a matador. Volonsky says he's working through some identity issues, but he protests that he's not the one with them. El Aguila represents everyone who's tried to stab Manbull for being an affront to nature. So much unnecessary backstory to tell. Someone whose car they just destroyed. How's Jen supposed to go home? Blonsky says sometimes life presents a teacher when there's a lesson to be learned. Okay, she should think of the totally knackered Prius Prime as her teacher. He asks Manbull to push the Prius to the garage. Does he look like a mechanic? His name is Manbull, not Mechanical Bull. Sounds very forced.
0: We get it reinforced that there is no cell reception here at this very spacious, um, maybe real, maybe fake. I mean, real in the MCU, fake in the MCU. Uh, kind of money pit resort. Uh, I guess, Pete, with the view of the whole episode this is a real place for people to work out their real feelings it seems to be authentic enough um but as they walk around they're off to the sweat yurt so who's up for a sweat jen says she just needs a desk and wi-fi but of course he doesn't have wi-fi that's part of their thing there uh this is not how she wanted to spend her day but blonsky suggests that perhaps this is how she needs to spend her day uh he sees that she's not very teachable right now, but he's around if she needs him, all like in the second half of the episode.
1: Jen continues to search for service outside and in on the sprawling ranch, eventually entering a building where her phone dings. But Blonsky, Manpole, El Aguila, and two others sit in a circle. He introduces her to Porcupine, a porcupine, and Saracen thinks he's a vampire by day at least she's welcome to join she'll just work in the one square meter of reception however and Blonsky recaps that last session they really explored Alejandro's that's El Aguila's identity struggle he's constantly assumed to be a matador and Porcupine pipes up that Spanish is a language, not a nationality. Silly.
0: Haven't you ever heard of Spain? This is such a look, look, this episode, here's what needs to happen, Pete. MCU actors, whether it's the actors that we see here or or others, you know, I can imagine, like, you know, and, and Mark Ruffalo as Porcupine or something like that. There needs to be a special, like two weeks only on Broadway charity performances of like this episode in just a stripped down black box theater where people are just going for it with the characters um and i'll say it now uh even though she's not in she-hulk mode yet i'll just say it now and get it out of the way there's a little bit of a visual disconnect with the like we don't know in the real world our brains have not seen a real she-hulk so when we look at the cg version if it's some uncanny valley that's when we sometimes have some issues Because of this episode, our brains do know what a real man bull looks like because we've seen a guy wearing the makeup and the horns and the wig and all of that. So it's kind of weird to see a man bull who's not a human but who is totally real next to a she-hulk who's not a human in terms of the way real, real people are but then CG and we have these two things side by side, and man bull is always a hundred percent efficient or, or, or effective as a man bull, but She Hulk sometimes ninety five percent.
1: Matadors trigger man bull. Alejandro did do some light matadoring in college. Polanski says they have to guard against codependency, and Saracen says that man bull and. Uh, Alejandro have been spending a lot of time together, and he feels it's unhealthy. They've also worked on vulnerability, and getting Porcupine to take his suit off would be a great first step. But suddenly another man comes in apologizing for losing time in the yurt. Jen breaks the fourth wall to remind us who he is previously on him. He was the one with the light-up crowbar in the group that attacked Jen over strutting around with her powers outside her apartment. Wrecker tells the group he was visited by a lot of feminine energy in the yurt and uh, possibly his dead grandmother rose. He recognizes Jen, and she hulks out and tosses him into a stack of folding chairs. She tells them that he and his friends attacked her outside her apartment. Blonsky needs her to sit in the calming chair right after she promises to rip him to shreds, but Blonsky says that's not how they work through their issues there.
0: In what is otherwise a sparkling episode, I mean, look, the very end of it, I think we're all disappointed in, but we're meant to be disappointed in the turn that happened, so that's not the fault of the narrative, it's the strength of the narrative. Pete, there's a moment of narrative weakness here. I just want to point out, okay, here's Jen, you know, with her uh, law degree and rightfully angry at the attack which she received near her home and so forth. Blonsky saying, uh, Blonsky, who I think is beloved in this show, not a villain. Blonsky saying, "You need to calm down and sit down, lady. Stop being such an angry lady and go sit in I the chair." Because I, I can't you.
1: buy that. It's a super pet peeve when male characters tell women to calm down or relax. Yeah.
0: So that was again. I'm not. I'm not saying ooh. um show you did wrong because there's enough room for blonsky to be a bad guy or he's the secret hulk king at the end you know there, there's enough wiggle room I'll, I'll let the jury be out uh or if you want to say it just adds to the weird kind of you know gender reflection going on in this episode and in the show in general like that's fine too it's just a weird moment just want to bring it up figure pete we're all here okay post yurt sharing our thoughts our feelings that was my feeling um, and indeed, Pete, I think we are we are uh, rewarded in doing so because later in the episode, Wrecker says that the real strength is working on yourself, not using a magic crowbar. Um, and it is floated. The Jen is focused uh, on her phone and the whole phone issue. Um, that's a way for her to not share. So won't she share? She talks about Josh uh, with whom she had an amorous connection three nights ago. Um I have to say, Pete, look, I know you and I, hopefully, we're kind of gentlemanly gentlemen here. Her texting him about her smile and more recently texting him about being worried and he's hoping uh, hoping he's okay. The group is aghast at this. I, I kind of thought it was kind of nice and uh, unoffensive to me and my masculine instincts and all
1: that. Thank God I never had to date with this text game stuff. I was never a game player To begin with, I'd like to think I'm a fairly straightforward and sincere person. And I, I don't think I would have been able to survive this. Um, Wrecker points out the possibility Jen was ghosted. Saracen says he could, Josh could, have wanted her blood. Yes, yes. (laughs) The, the would be vampire. (laughs) uh, Which, wrecker matt quickly shoots down you know wrecker what was in a group of guys who wanted her blood
0: i think we've spoken in the past pete we may have even spoken last week i just don't remember what show it was um the notion that sometimes sometimes ideas are made sticky to the audience which is to say it sticks in your mind but not that you're like Oh, I know that in 24, she actually has a hidden gun. Therefore, she's gonna shoot somebody. It's not that in your face. It's just like somebody did mention whatever, and you kind of have that filed away, but not actively chewing on it until all of a sudden somebody goes, For example, this blood thing. I think it's I think it's meant to be a bit I think it functions as an interstitial between Bruce's concerns of that away back, and then what? Last week we have the previously on that mentions that again, and then we have the whole wanting to get her blood with the people and so forth. So I think it's just a little, little thing to goose the audience there on it. Um, I love that you've added that Wrecker is the first one to say, no, 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 it's not that when, um, yeah, it was two episodes ago. It's definitely that.
1: Manbull tells him not to talk about blood and not everybody is Saracen's dad. We'll explore that. I like Matt, how you know you you referenced therapy circle before i I thought like, "Whoa, is that what we're calling theories now? <laughs> the therapy circle?
0: I'm really gonna feel let down if someone's not a scroll um I, I suppose time could tell i mean this is this is just a great i I love this episode, but um, Pete, to focus on the story and less on our own therapy circle here, okay. Um, it's floated or it, or it is reminisced about that uh, Josh liked Jen for Jen. Um, she mentions in a, in a second bit here of like weird passing stuff, he didn't even ask about She-Hulk, which kind of in retrospect, that's kind of, that that's like, hey, Pete, I, you know, uh, whatever. I was able to get coffee with Julia Roberts, but I didn't mention, you know, the whole movie thing. Like, no, you, you mentioned at least once. Uh, but Jen reflects on being, uh the cool person the cool high school person uh metaphor she is that as she hulk and people can pay attention to her um but but you know as jen to be appreciated by jen how important that or to be appreciated as jen how important that is um and she didn't know if if she would be liked as just jen jen is great uh and the whole I like the whole group rallies to her defense. And with this reflection here, now that the, the greatness of Jen has been denied by Josh, they're ready to take out Josh
1: tonight. We ride Alejandro lighting up his sword, but Blonsky has warned him about using bioelectricity for four in group. Saracen wants to drain Josh Recker points out that Jen is hurting and all they're offering is violence. The group is on her side and she believes they value her. She shrinks back down and admits it felt good. Porcupine is motivated to take off his mask and smells like a fart.
0: Um, I thought at first it was going to be like, oh, it's it's some sort of like Phantom of the Opera closing soon on Broadway some Phantom of the Opera-type um, hideous face. Instead, no, it's just the result of too much mask. I guess a reminder, Pete, that uh, in all things, you know, moderation is key. Um, but it is Wrecker who speaks to Jen and to her heart. If Josh won't invest in you, then you shouldn't invest in him. That's a great platitude, but what does that mean practically? Delete his number, delete his number. Uh, she does, and all cheer. Uh, and then... Pete, it's the moment of breakthrough, and she admits that she's hurting
1: for Yurton. Um, watch as she emerges here. I have to say the music kind of led me to think that was a reveal coming when she's inside a thing and they're outside, but no such moment yet.
0: Maybe Later. it was like an expensive computer-generated thing that got cut. <laughs>
1: Later, they present her with a card signed by the gang, but Blonsky wants to make it clear it's not a literal gang for the parole board. It's a cute moment. She gets in the tow truck. He also reminds her, everyone she meets is a lesson learned. They drive back and Jen seems satisfied. Take us to three days later, Matt, and break our hearts.
0: Well, right before I do that, we're going to talk a little bit more about that tow truck in theories. But I will say this. Here's something to not theorize about. If you call that number on the side of it, you get boop, boop, boop. This number has been disconnected. So I don't know where the breakdown was there, but uh, that's not a working number. That's not a neat in-universe thing. It's just a number that at least didn't work on, uh, on Thursday. But yes, Pete, then we get three days earlier it's the night that Jen invited Josh into her apartment. Uh, and as she slept, he dressed, uh, we see that he cloned her phone, um, and then took a picture of her. He then sends an emoji. That's your blood, t- uh, 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 blood tube thumbs up, uh, all sent to Hulk King. Um, one word. I appreciate the wordplay there. Hulking Hulk King. Um, A deflating and ominous way to end this episode. Again, I'm sure that was their intention. And Pete, the only way it's going to get lifted up is by a post-credit sequence, but there isn't one. So, stewing that till next Thursday.
1: Your Honor, may I approach the bench? May I approach the bench? It's time to step aside and approach the bench to discuss some off-the-record theories you be the judge
0: pete i'm gonna start real small here um did you notice anything about the tow truck or tow truck driver
1: i did not
0: the tow truck is slots tow truck the driver is dan that's right dan slot the american comic book writer uh perhaps best known for Okay, fine. Best known for Amazing Spider-Man, but then next best known for his run on She-Hulk. So there you go. There he is, Is side by
1: side. Good pickup there, Matt. We'll cover some more comic cred in a little bit. Um, No title card to this episode. Uh, They do previously on you in the middle. I wonder if there was discussion like, we can't do a title card because later we do a before the title card before the teaser thing
0: um mm, i mean i hear ya probably i mean look on the one hand this is such a tight and delightful episode up to the shall we say the 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 real the real ending of the narrative is driving towards the pacific coast you know and then i know that it's not really a post-credit scene but kind of you know the three days earlier narratively is functioning as a as a post script um that much is clear so i think that it's such a tight episode maybe they like had the rough edit and they were like i don't know where you fit this in because there's the there's the super bubbly beginning here with like the fancy vfx one shot as her day unfolds and all of that like there's only really not a point to to pause. Um, so I, I stand by that editorial choice if it is a pacing one as opposed to like, there can't be a title card because it's all a dream or something like that.
1: No resources to be able to corral the abomination, Matt. You pointed out Shield. Uh, the feds, I don't know really we don't have enough cops is it a supply chain issue pete all i'll do is i'll say this
0: okay new jersey hasn't had a very good idea in the last six months or so maybe predated that but in the last six months or so new jersey banned plastic bags in in most stores in most scenarios and so forth which is great less plastic blah 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 however since so many people buy things curbside now places just give away reusable bags the way they used to give away plastic bags and the reusable bags are made i'm assuming of just a more tough plastic and so forth so now there's like what do we do so i will say just with that little example of like people who to who do curbside food shopping pickup every week now have potentially 20 bags since this um ban situation started and they have so many bags they don't know what to do with them and they're just piling up and this sort of thing so they guess they're going to throw them out which now is in the guard like uh, uh, so i just say that is one little example in the real world of well-intentioned legislation that is not supported totally all the way through to say could i believe that abomination is out of the most secure uh non-raft prison in the entire country for superpowered people but they don't fully have a plan on how to like do his post-incarceration, rehabilitation, um, parole type stuff. I, I would buy it even beyond the fact that it's a minor story inconvenience that makes the whole rest of the episode happen.
1: After the second date, Josh drops Jen off. Uh, she goes in as he's leaning in clear motivation by the end of the episode he wanted to try to get into her apartment gain access was it a red flag that she reconsiders and heads out and he is completely gone already
0: pete even as manufactured as the opening is in terms of the fancy editing and moving through time and all that it still is very grounded in taking place in the real world as I think this whole show is. And by and large, that's the nature of the MCU. Like you don't know how magic stones kill people. We're going to tell you story stuff. So it's as grounded as look, here's an air force guy who flies a jet. Um, I, I will grant you that that little disappearing thing, if it was a little writerly flourish of like, Ooh, missed connection. I think we would accept that. But if you want to grade it by the harshest rules of reality, it is also weird, like, oh, man, didn't make it into the apartment tonight. Okay, peace. Now I get to go back to my real life or a mission debrief or something like that. So that's a that's a good catch there. Jen has been
1: nominated for Female Lawyer of the Year. Will we meet a male nominee or meet him again from the other coast in one of these last two episodes?
0: I mean, I, I, I love that you floated the idea in the recap. Uh, oh, man, will they go to... Will the story go to this? And it's just bing, bang, boom. You know, Pete, I regret that... I regret that I know that there's Daredevil scenes in this. Um, and I kind of regret that I know we haven't seen it in the first seven episodes, therefore it's in the last two. But the minute that we're told, like... I could just see it next week, Pete, okay? There's uh nikki and jen maybe they're taking not like a limo but you know and a, 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 a lift, an uber that kind of thing um and jen looks at the camera and goes it's just going to be a normal lawyer party no one special will show up that's when it's going to be goosebump time because you know someone special is going to show up as a lawyer and all that it, it is a slam dunk i would say that at the lawyer of the year festivities that none other than uh New York lawyer, Matthew Murdoch will show up.
1: The real kicker in this episode are the Marvel D listers, Matt Man Bull first appearance in the comics.
0: Oh, I bet um uh let's see, Marvel HQ circa nineteen seventy two, late night, pills or smoky smokes so i'm gonna say early 70s
1: early 70s daredevil
0: okay okay um
1: tell me that isn't telecasting (laughs) there a weird lab experiment josh connected to this lab thing and Hulk king is man bull is the group in on this
0: i think there is a there's a reading of how the therapy circle portion of the story went where the group is in on it if that is the case i'm gonna feel i will feel disappointed in the narrative i'm not saying that it's impossible i think that with you know literally 20 seconds of like another foe previously on or 20 seconds of three days ago, that kind of thing. You can see, you know, Blonsky getting the gym bag filled with hundred dollar bills. And he's like, yeah, I'm ready to turn on her. Cause I'm a villain and so on and so forth. I just feel like it's not the flavor that we have gotten right now. And I hope it's not the case, but it's a
1: totally valid theory. El Aguila first appeared in 1979 in an issue of Power Man and Iron Fist.
0: Pete, I'm reminded, you know how, look, we all know how there's these, somebody will run with an exclusive theory that they've heard from a guy on Reddit who they say is reliable. You know, it's one of these baloney things they made up. And the theory was like, um, okay, obviously we know uh, Charlie Cox is coming back and it's like, they're, they're not able to get Mike Coulter back for unknown reasons. I'm reading this going, like, if this is true, like, because he's in another show, it's evil, it's on CBS, or it's on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, uh, but they want to they bring back Luke Cage, they want to bring back Jessica Jones, and it was like, there are no plans to bring back Iron Fist. <laughs> and I was like, hey, you're stealing my joke there, which is to go on Twitter and go, oh, Daredevil, I miss you and the Defenders. Hashtag Daredevil, hashtag Jessica Jones, hashtag Luke Cage, hashtag The Punisher. I know it's not really Defender, but... And then just intentionally leaving out uh, Iron Fist and all that. So, uh, that's fun, too. Does that mean that they're all coming back soon? I mean, probably not, but um, part of the fun is to just sit and go, I guarantee no one ever thought these characters were going to make it to live action, and here they are in an episode where it makes nothing but sense.
1: Wither the Danny Rand of Rand Industries sworn enemy of the hand and protector of Kunlun, Uh Saracen Matt thinks he's a vampire. First appearance, Blade, 1999. Uh issue. Um his dad though, not Blade, which uh coincidentally lost its director uh recently and uh, not, not like the
0: big lost. He just parted ways and decided to not direct the movie.
1: He bounced. Uh, real problems, Matt, behind the scenes. Supposedly just two lackluster action scenes. And Mahershala Lee is greatly frustrated.
0: Pete, you know what could make that script better? One word. Saracen. Okay? I'm not saying to use him in a big way or a small way. Pete, I think of when we saw Spider-Man No Way Home, how... Everyone cheered when that uh, brick was was the brick. Well, whatever the introduction was of Matt Murdock, whether it was the, I guess it was before the brick throw. He caught the
1: brick because he's a really good lawyer.
0: Yeah, Um, but uh,
1: if that's not reason alone to be male uh, lawyer of the year, Matt, that like that needs to be in the introduction speech. And well, he caught a brick.
0: (laughs) to, To circle back to that for a second, I mean, we have refresh my memory pete did spider-man no way home take place in the last year that she hulk took place it, it did right yes okay so i mean look they are both lawyers dealing with superpowered people fine i get that we know matt murdoch daredevil ha 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 but it's not a secret that matt murdoch was the lawyer for Wait, or is it a secret? We know he was a lawyer for Peter Parker, but nobody else knows, right? And not nobody even him knows, anymore.
1: Nobody knows Peter Parker,
0: right? So they does know he Spider Man? Does anyone know he's? Because look, we all know that they really,
1: erase who you defended. Have they okay. erased the actions around it? It's a it's a real question. It, it is, uh, and you know I, what? I contend that his introduction speech, his his introduction as a nominee for male lawyer of the year will uh mention, and he saves a client from a brick thrown through a window.
0: Yeah, the 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 spell at the end of No Way Home, it doesn't really hold up to vigorous reflection.
1: And Wong has referenced it.
0: Yeah. So like I, I guess what I'm saying is this if they don't reference how he was Spider-Man's lawyer reminder to everybody that he may or may not know that or remember that and whatever it is, no way home was just a a magical time that many of us spent in the theaters for the first time in a long time. Um, and it's always going to be more than the movie. It's going to be that, that time, that place, that audience, everyone cheering and all of that beautiful, beautiful, probably one of my top five movie experiences ever. Wow. Um, but the story baloney is extra baloney towards the end. And let's not, let's not, um, focus on it too much. And all the more reason Pete, where I think you could be very right that like, and you saved the client from the brick, that's going to be their throwaway line. And to us, it's going to be our like, Oh, I get it. I get it. But like, they can't get it. They can't get it. Um,
1: it'll be an Easter egg. <laughs> well, people will call it an Easter egg.
0: Pete, I have a who, a when, and a couple of what questions here. Which one do you want first? Give me the who. Who is Hulking?
1: I read it that he is Hulking, that he's the one sending the message, that he was the one communicating last week, are we ready for the next step in the plan?
0: Pete, what if the Hulk King who apparently wants she hulk's blood okay blood red red hulk red hulk was or is in the in the comic books uh thunderbolt ross uh william hurt now since passed away sad etc cetera, etc cetera. i know i had floated this to you via i think text yes. as a joke but i now want to double down on the podcast oh for i reveal. thought this
1: was a serious theory to tell them
0: this is this is my serious this is my serious the- oh, okay. The the crazy theory was that the character and actor would somehow show up in one of these things, like in the in Secret Invasion or whatever. I'd like to No
1: no 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 no, no. Tell them the Thunderbolts thing you floated to me.
0: That Okay, the the that Thunderbolts needs Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross in it, and there is a somewhat nebulous claim that Disney is pursuing. Harrison Ford to play Thunderbolt Ross due to the sad passing of William Hurt. I think a better answer would be if we're gonna re uh, revive the Incredible Hulk 2008, uh, we could go to Liv Tyler's Betsy Ross. Further, furthermore, Pete, what if the Hulk King? What if the King portion is a fake out, and in the next two episodes we get Liv Tyler walking out of the shadows saying. Uh, who wants to get some, sorry, I shouldn't speak like a Sam Jackson man who wants to get some Thunderbolts or I'm going to get me a red Hulk or let's show you who's a Hulk now or something like that. That's my theory. Hulk King is Betsy Ross played by Liv Tyler returning to the MCU.
1: I'd like to see it. I, I just don't see the connection to comedy for Liv Tyler. I'm, I'm not saying she couldn't do it. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't think so. I also don't think that just cause it's called Thunderbolts. Yeah, I get it. You know, uh, Thunderbolt Ross, that they need to have him. They can't, uh, you just Colson it. Oh, they killed him and we're gonna unite bad guys in his name to go to the Thunderbolton.
0: Pete, when's Daredevil next week or the following week?
1: I've heard nine for a long time. I don't necessarily believe that this gala, we have footage of Jen in a sequin dress. I think they're going to two part us over the next episodes. Um, I'm going to say he shows up at the end of eight.
0: And then. In the next two episodes, what connections do we get? Do we get Thunderbolts? Do we get a Ms. Marvel connection? Do we get a The Marvels connection? Secret Invasion? We know Matt Murdock is a connection by implication or presence to Echo, as well as uh, Daredevil Born Again that doesn't come out for another you know, 14 months. What connections will we get
1: in the next two episodes? I'm going to backpedal this and say it is self-contained other than the Daredevil connection.
0: How? you don't think like Wong and Madison are going to show up and she's going to be like, oh well, my I goodness. mean,
1: they've done that though. No, like, but
0: she's going to be like, oh my goodness. I didn't know that your friend was actually a lizard alien. And we go, w- which friend is it? Because <laughs> look, he-, he fought with everybody against Thanos. Who is it? You know, um, find out on Secret Invasion this winter on Disney plus, you know. Um,
1: it would, it'd be a lot of fun uh it's above my pay grade to this point i've got no intel on that uh it it seems rather straightforward at this point i'd I'd love to see it matt there's a lot to go on with this episode wrecker had pointed out the possibility that josh ghosted jen saracen says he could have wanted her blood Wrecker shoots that down. Wrecker was there with people that wanted her blood. Um, This all feels like a setup. Was this an elaborate ruse? Pete, maybe in a
0: 10-episode season, maybe in a writing room draft, that existed. And maybe we are picking up the echo of it personally i have a hard time believing knowing that there's you know again it's not a rumor that daredevil is going to show up or it's not a hope that one day that mask helmet that we saw a couple episodes ago is going to get put on by somebody like we've seen the footage in the trailer he shows up at some point in the in these the next two episodes right we can say because it's seven or down right um i don't think there's the story time to do the grand reveal of You know, here's where, you know, shadow-covered, you know, master villain got together everybody and was like, and then you're going to fight and you're going to fall into her Prius and then you're going to be over there and then you're going to be in the yurt so when she finally randomly finds her way in, like, could it be? It absolutely could be. And these are characters, I think, that because they're so kind of wacky, if they don't show up next week and then for the season finale oh here's the actual truth that it was all you know it was it was set up all along um okay I just feel like I love this episode so much for its kind of affirming nature if you take all of it away I think it's going to take the air out of the tires in a way that's different than like you know the end of sixth sense or other kind of twists where you go oh he was a baddie all along I feel like there's a There's a purity to these characters. But I can't argue away Wrecker having been a previous baddie, and I can't argue away Saracen being right about the blood. So maybe, but I don't feel it in my heart.
1: Connected to this, uh, Josh had cloned uh, Jen's phone. Did this include some sort of tracking so he's known where she's gone? and been able to put that plan into motion with the members of the therapy group. I mean,
0: I think it's more than possible. (laughs) And I think that the real nature of the phone cloning clearly, obviously it's not really explored in this episode. Um, And I mean, one can only assume it's there for a really solid story reason that we're going to see in the next two episodes um i mean maybe it's just as simple as how did they know she was at the gala oh her phone's being tracked something like that um we'll see i did think i think it was it was it, w- it was interesting story wise and obviously very icky um you know how he kind of takes the picture of her asleep and the naked back and all of that um again i know we're supposed to feel uncomfortable by this whole thing i'm not quite like is that just proof that he actually did the mission and I, I feel like there are some question marks in that scene um which i don't know if the show is necessarily going to explore like it's it's a bit outside the vocabulary of this show to be like why is she sleeping through all this i don't think that there's a if there's a drugging angle that kind of thing that's not the flavor of this show and they're gonna have to account for a hard left turn um But clearly there's more coming from it. I guess, Pete, if nothing else, my worry is, is this going to be your standard, quasi-standard Marvel Studios TV show thing of like, we've got all these theories and all this stuff and all this richness. But at the end of it, there's going to be a She-Hulk versus equally powered person thing. And they're going to be in a central location like a town square or something. And is it going to kind of get reducted to that kind of tried-and-true level.
1: Jackson, you're already badgering the witness. Well, what do you want me to give him, a testimonial dinner?
0: Pete, let's hear from listeners what they thought about this episode, particularly uh, what's your self-help take on this week's episode. Um, <laughs> Yurt Sweat So Good, 58.1%. <laughs> a e Meal, because the episode's all heart, uh, 12.9%. Scream into a pillow, six point five percent, and you know who needs a punch? Got twenty two point six percent. Some replies: James the sagacious, Big killing on Twitter says it continues to be more fun than I expect it to be. Noel Gardner at Noel Camille says I knew it. Josh was too good. Oh, it was too good and creepy too. I'm glad Jen got some therapy time, even if it was with the craziest of D-list characters. Is Blonsky reformed or is this the long con? This show is fun and I love that Marvel is trolling the audience with cameos. Also, the mid-show previously on was the best fourth wall break. Next, uh Bike BRH on Twitter says I'm enjoying this, but at kind of a three-star level, the low stakes nature of this show is both funny and a problem. I can see casual fans drifting away because there's nothing because uh, there's not enough crash boom pow. But at this point, I think they're actually trolling us with the lack of stakes. Uh, pete i would disagree slightly the stakes are emotional um not you know look here's the third of six gem kind of you know thing anyhow andre yeager at dr in 1983 says all i have to say is i hate josh he'd better get what's coming to him for hurting jen uh bob keely that's R. keely says i've been uh i've been enjoying watching the show with my wife who is not generally a marvel fan i often have to nudge her to watch marvel shows with me but not this one this is a particularly fun episode blonsky was great as an all too much spiritual director the others at the retreat were lots of fun also little things were great like no signal following uh her around the area and the way the text showed up not ground breaking, but little uh, fun little additions. The mid-show previously on was very funny. Uh, I'm all in on She-Hulk. J Philly B4 Fandom on Twitter says, The Mystery Men sequel I've been waiting for. Tw- <laughs> wow, there we go. Pete, note to self, we should do a podcast sometime on Mystery Men, you know, when we don't have other things to podcast. Which
1: I've never seen.
0: Oh, I... Re- I it's... It, it. Pete, it's... You get to hear the song All-Star at the end, okay? They're, they... <laughs> They that had to
1: turn too much. Yeah.
0: Um, tw- uh, J Philly B says 20 plus years of patients finally paid off. Interesting balance of Blonsky's uh, gen supportive therapy group uh, versus the She-Hulk vitriol of intelligentsia. Ooh, whoa. J Philly B for fandom just went deep, Pete. The idea of, so I'm pausing his words here for a second. The idea here of a circle of reflective uh, men with high emotional intelligence supporting her versus the kind of I don't know extra testosterone woman hater stuff from intelligentsia that is a great comparison and contrast there at a J Philly B for fandom.
1: The fictional males of intelligentsia are frightened by circles. <laughs> um
0: back to J Philly B's and words Rock here. <laughs> uh new Josh was too good to be true, but nice way to subvert the rom com montage uh david siller at siller david poet says she hulk does it again every week it subverts expectations flaunts its awareness uh of viewers and detractors and leans into just how much this is jen's show the previously on mid show was as perfect a fourth wall break as one could make it don't know how they'll top that but i sure hope they'll try i'm pleased they continue to give she hulk its own style and flavor it's like nothing else in the mcu and they're doing it so boldly and energetically Kudos this week for normalizing therapy and normalizing struggles dealing with uh, the most mundane frustrations of life. Kudos for normalizing that people, whatever their toxicity, can change and be better. Josh will uh, get his just desserts. Looking forward to these next two episodes tying it all up. I'm not worried about Daredevil. We'll get the cameo we get on Jen's show. But what I'm really hoping for is some extended run times in these last episodes. I really wish She-Hulk was having a panel at New York Comic-Con next week. I don't mm. want the season to end. I'm having a blast. Until next time, stay fantastic. Uh, next Pete, Rose Ferry at Anna Rose 584 How can a guy like Josh be such a creep? I'd be day drinking like Jen if I fell for that guy. <laughs> and she doesn't even know what really happened. Surprising, though, for a woman like her to meet such zeros. But if that's what today's dating scene is like, then I'm sad. Pete, we hear from Spider-Ham Lincoln, Tess L C Tess 139 uh, Retreat was a decent episode, I guess. The deep draw from some of Marvel Comics' d characters was impressive. Man Bull uh, El Aguila, Porcupine, Saracen. I remember all of them except Saracen. A shame we couldn't see Abomination again. But Tim Roth-Splonsky is just as good. I think many of us suspected Josh's nefarious intent. But I was sad for Jen experiencing disappointment and rejection after having had such a good time with someone who seemed to just like Jen for Jen. The referencing of Intelligentsia and Manbull's statement about being a lab experiment added with the uh, the mission to obtain, to obtain Jen's blood makes me think this could be a setup for super uh, a supervillain team of sorts. MODOK may show up in Quantumania and the leader is supposedly set for a Captain America for appearance. I'm really curious about where all this is going in the context of the greater MCU. Could we see Doc Samson, Red Ghost, uh, or Egghead before this series is done? Love the many connections this show has made, is making, and will make. Daredevil, please. P.S. At the end of the episode, Josh sent his confirmation text to Hulk King. Leader? Question mark. I will say this, Pete. If it's the leader, that's a very straight line from Hulk stuff, and I don't hate it. I feel like it's... that's a good theory too
1: would they have announced him for captain america new world order and preempted him from surprising us in she hulk i I don't know
0: would we be surprised if he shows up here since he's been announced for captain america
1: yeah but i think by not mentioning him you make him a greater possibility as a surprise four more
0: tweets to go pete fail is a sassy green bean that's at fail uh f-a-y-e-e-l-l-e can't trust a josh it was a good episode very funny i feel so freaking bad for her like literally dude is just going to target the few female heroes uh tweeter at law k-c-l-y-l-e-1 on twitter uh twitter says uh dang it josh steve thurbridge at Stephen The Verge says, uh, only two episodes of She-Hulk left. I've come to terms with no Daredevil and no Big Bad. The fun lawyer show from episode one is just that, a fun lawyer show. Just announced season two already. Uh, and lastly, Ed Hopkins at Ed Hopkins 72 says, I like seeing that the MCU is populated with powered people beyond those we've seen in the movies. Watching Civil War, I wondered who the Sokovia Accords were aimed at besides the people on the poster.
1: Now we know. Matt to Facebook, where we hear from Robert T. Frost, who writes, Matt and Pete, She-Hulk has been so much fun with its brand of comedy. And while the last episode wasn't the best episode so far, I-M-H-O, in my honest opinion, it was entertaining and seems to have laid for the, seats for the back half of the plot i'm going to throw out a long shot theory someone who knows the value of gamma irradiated blood someone who may think the hulk is untouchable or unreachable but sees jen as an easier opportunity and someone who has the infrastructure money and desire to succeed in making and selling gamma serum sharon carter the power While totally different character-wise, I think it's just the kind of left turn plot-wise that could really work. Our semi-villain Titania seems to be very petty and more like a schoolyard bully than a true show-quality threat. I think Sharon Carter would be a stronger quality villain the show would need. Only time will tell. Till next time, your friend Bob... He had additionally attached a link here to a MovieWeb article about Kagan McLeod, who is the artist uh, behind the She-Hulk comic art in the credits.
0: I love that Sharon Carter theory. And I also want to say, here's where we're at in this, you know, kind of like lower stakes, delightful action comedy it could tie to the leader and captain America four. it could tie to Sharon Carter and whatever nefarious things she's doing out there, which, you know, obviously she's tied to, uh, uh, Falcon and the winter soldier and all that. Um, I'm sticking by my Betsy Ross theory as well, but like, because I guess you're trying to say, because this story is a bit more modest, it can explode out in any direction versus like, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, like is daredevil born again going to lead into uh guardians of the galaxy redux or something probably not right um so really really like that pete we have an email the email is from steve adams who says as follows first of all i knew josh was a bad guy the minute he texted jen that he had arrived instead of knocking on her door like a gentleman first of all right i think that's a good that's a good tip right that's a good tip that's a good tip um This episode was a bit goofy, but I still ended up liking it. Watching Emil counsel a bunch of Marvel C-level characters was surprisingly funny. Could Emil actually be legitimately turning over a new leaf? The idea is intriguing. I had him as a lock for Thunderbolts, but maybe not. With two episodes left, it seems the heat is on now. Hopefully, the Devil of Hell's Kitchen arrives in time to help Jen take down the bad guys. I can hear the two of them bantering about the legality of the force they used to win the day. Until next time, stay fantastic, uh, Pete. So let's add part of what he said to the mix here. Uh, does Julia Louis Dreyfus's Val turn up in episode nine post-credit sequence, saying, "So you're some kind of abomination? You want to be a thunderbolt? Maybe better version of that. You think that could happen?
1: I'd I'd love it. I again totally. I think it's a little bit of a stretch. I do like what was floated there about the legalese between uh she hulk and daredevil i'd be down for that
0: pete down for our episodes each and every week are those who support us on patreon.com fantastic geek keeping us listeners supported keeping the lights on particularly as we're doing three podcasts a weekend here and we give them our eternal thanks
1: not to mention a couple chimichangas here and there uh, get yourself over to Patreon.com/slash/fantastic. takes just a dollar a month to get you behind that door. All sorts of levels to contribute at. Always looking for ways to add value there. Can't contribute right now? You can get over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating in seconds, a review, and just a little while longer to any of our 32 podcast feeds. She Hulk, we still need you there. Help us beat. The algorithm uh, and or help us with that one as well. Need some more ratings, some more reviews on that one.
0: Pete, let's keep the Marvel conversation going, particularly as we really enter the fever pitch of what can these last episodes do. How can people be in touch with you on Twitter?
1: Find me on Twitter at Peter, p i e t e r j k l r k e t e l a a r 12,740 followers can't be wrong
0: and while i'm personally on twitter is looking back lost do be in touch with the podcast comment on fantasticgeek.com check us out on twitter instagram and gmail where we are fantastic geek as well
1: but we'd be there's more facebook.com slash fantastic geek all one word with the p and the h like it today
0: hitting the pop culture podcast feed this week is going to be more and or discussion and lower decks discussion and then of course next week she hulk Andor, Lower Decks, uh, Werewolf by Night, and who knows what other breaking news there will be between then and now. For now, though, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word.
1: I was hurtin'.